to the Experience Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Adriana Gadala Maria. Adriana, or Adri, as her garden classmates know her, is a second year student in our full-time MBA class with 2022, and she and I recently connected via Zoom to talk more about her MBA journey. As you'll quickly learn from this conversation, Adri is very passionate about venture capital. It was a big part of her reason and motivation for coming to Darden. And so we spent a lot of time in this conversation talking about the past couple of years, how she's explored her interest in venture capital, the steps she's taken to build experience in this industry, and so much more. If you're interested in BC or just interested in hearing from a second year student and their career advice and tips, this episode is essential listening. So without further ado, here's my interview with Adriana Gadala Maria. Adri, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Brett. I appreciate you having me. One of the things that's really fun about being the host of the Experience Darden podcast is occasionally I get to be present for someone's first podcast appearance ever. <laughs> and I think that's the case for you today. Yes. Yes. This is my first podcast. I am excited that it's with, uh, with you and with Darden. Absolutely. Well, so excited to have you here. First and foremost, how is everything going? How are you doing? I am doing well. Um, we just got back from the Darden Worldwide course, a second years, and I personally went to Costa Rica and had a, a really great time, escaped the Darden winter for a bit, replaced it with some beach time, uh, and, and really had a blast. That was, um, that was quite fun. All right. Can we stay with your DWC, the Darden Worldwide course, for just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just another, another question Absolutely. or two? And, and I'm maybe asking for a friend. I, I have not been to Costa Rica. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Before. It's a blast. Oh, so tell me a little, tell us a little bit more uh, about that trip. What did you do? Who were you there with? Uh, so many questions. Sure. Yeah. So um, for those unfamiliar, uh, Darden offers this course called Darden Worldwide Course. It's an opportunity to travel internationally with your fellow students. It's been on pause for a couple of years, obviously the COVID pandemic. Um, and we were the first uh, year to be able to go a second year uh, in quite some time. Uh, we offer courses in locations like Italy, uh, like Spain, um, and in my case, Costa Rica. Uh, and it's our chance to spend about a week or so in an international location, dive into the culture, um, visit some great businesses that are located there, and uh, really just uh, enjoy that time with our fellow faculty and students. And in my personal case, we went to Costa Rica uh, my husband and I actually were at Darden together. Uh, we snuck in a quick uh, beach trip before the, the course <laughs> to Santa Teresa, which is absolutely beautiful, uh, before spending about a week in San Jose visiting businesses there. And it was just a blast. Who was the faculty lead for your trip? Caroline Miles. Uh, and she's, an, I mean, she's absolutely fantastic. And it was great spending time with her, uh, both in and out of the academic setting. We had some fun dinner trips too, which were um, pretty great. Yeah, Darden alumna. She's also been teaching at Darden. I had a student on one of our podcasts not so long ago talking about her recent CEO-focused uh, yes. elective, uh, which sounded like such a cool class. Yes, it was great. My, my husband actually took that class, uh, the sustainability course at Darden. Um, and it was, I mean, from what I've heard, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she's uh, notable for a lot of reasons and led Save uh, the Children um, during yep. her career and just has tremendous a background and experience in that nonprofit world. And it's great to have her 
around Darden. She's also very involved with the Women's 2.0 initiative that's going on here at Darden. So a good person to know and a great person, I would imagine, to travel to Costa Rica with. Oh, yes. And she's she was so great. It's actually, she's uh, involved into uh, in the venture capital community as well. It's actually a nice uh, a nice time with my professional um, career interest, which was great to chat with her about uh, a bit informally during the trip. All right. Well, Adri, let's talk a little bit more about you. Thank you for sharing your DWC experience with our listeners. Of course. Uh, I will <laughs> admit I have a fair amount of travel envy. I have been <laughs> basically to my mom and dad's house in, uh, in North Carolina. So I've talked to people who've gone to Finland, Estonia, Italy, Spain, uh, Costa Rica now. Uh, some really interesting locations. I'm so happy for the Darden students that they're able to get out and travel again. You're right that the past <laughs> couple of years have been hard um, not yes. being able to travel abroad um, because a lot of people, obviously, that's one of their bucket list items when they come Absolutely. come to business school across across all of our formats, uh, both full-time and executive MBA. And uh, for our new part-time program, we'll even have an opportunity for those students to travel. So uh, one of the one of the great things about being an MBA program is to get outside the U.S. perhaps and see what business looks like around the world. So let's talk a little bit more about you and your story. So tell us a little bit more about your background. Uh, who are you and what did you do before coming to business school? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm Adriana. I go by Adri, obviously. Um, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Um, and I, after growing up there, I went to undergrad at Notre Dame in the Midwest, experienced my first couple of cold winters, which were um, definitely uh, strengthened uh, my, my core for sure. Um, moved to New York after graduation, uh, worked at Reddit actually for my first, uh, that was my first full-time job. Um, spent five years in New York with Reddit. Uh, Reddit actually moved me to San Francisco, uh, where I spent the next five years and met my husband actually. Um, and while I was there, I actually worked at a, a marketing agency for a year called Code3, uh, in addition to working at TechCrunch uh, for two years. So I've primarily been in the tech space, um, mainly on the ad sales side of things, uh, before coming to Darden. And when we when we got our letter of acceptance, uh, we pretty quickly quit our jobs and did a, a nice road trip from SF to Charlotte, which was quite uh, really, really fun. That sounds pretty great. Had you always wanted to drive across the United States? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I was dying to see things like the Grand Canyon, for example, um, and had experienced a lot of the, the coastal states uh, of the U.S., but had never done a proper cross-country road trip uh, from the car. And we, uh, my husband and I are big campers, so we actually packed a, a you know, tent and we had our dog with us and we just, uh, uh, we just you know, drove over. <laughs> That, I mean, that sounds incredible. And there's so many good spots to see. And what we always encourage people as they approach their MBA program, if, if you can, and now not everybody can, but if you can, give yourself a little bit of downtime because the next two years are going to be really For busy. sure. Yes, I agree with that a thousand percent. <laughs> can I ask you a quick question? So um, occasionally we have uh, guests here on the podcast who, when they apply to business school, it was a, a we thing for them. They also had a partner going through the application process and looking, perhaps looking at Darden, you know, navigating all of these things together. How was that experience? It was, I mean, we, I think we got a bit lucky. Um, it was definitely, it was a challenge for sure. We were actually planning a wedding uh, during the application process. Um, we got engaged uh, in 2017 or 18 and between engagement and the wedding, we were studying for the GMAT and applying to schools. 
in addition to uh, planning a wedding and a honeymoon. So it was a lot at once. Um, not sure I would recommend doing all of that at once, but for us, it worked. And uh, we knew that we wanted to go to the same school no matter what. Um, so we, we made sure that we applied to those same schools and indicated we were partners. Um, we actually applied to the consortium. So I'm not sure if anyone who's listening is considering the consortium. I think it's a wonderful program. Um, and I've made some great friends from it. Uh, and we thankfully both got into Darden. Um, and the minute we did, we visited uh, the school. Actually, no, we visited the school before we got to Darden um, and fell in love pretty quickly with Charlottesville. And I mean, Darden itself is, is a beautiful place. If you, if you visited, uh, you're, you, you know this. And we visited vineyards, breweries, lived in SF where we had Napa and Sonoma in our backyard. Um, and it has a pretty good food scene, which I wasn't uh, too familiar with. So that was that was fun to discover as well. And there's a, I keep on blanking on the name, the the orchard, uh, something orchard, the apple picking, really picturesque venue at a, at a hilltop, uh, which again sold us even more on Charlottesville. So it was um, a great experience for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, great food and, and beverage options in the Charlottesville metro area. Um, you don't have to travel too far field to find them either. And if you just want to be outdoors, that's a great place to be. Um, you know, Absolutely. I, I, With the pandemic, by the way, we, you I mean, being outdoors is a huge deal. Um, so I think that was a, definitely a, a big advantage to, to being at Darden during um, this crazy time. And I appreciate the the shout out for the consortium. We just had the consortium liaisons on the podcast, the new consortium oh, liaisons. Awesome. Nice. Talk, talk a bit more about their roles in the consortium. It's always good to be able to profile uh, those leaders. And, you know, the consortium uh, is such a great opportunity uh, for prospective students looking at a business program, if it's, a, if it's the right fit for you, and ultimately encourage people to learn as much as they can about it. Um, one of the things that's been fun uh, to talk to the liaisons about over the past few years when we've had the new leaders on um, is, well, the consortium is kind of a community within a community at Darden. Sure. Is, is that how you think about it? Oh my gosh, yes. Um, we remember when, um, after we applied to the consortium and we got accepted, uh, we immediately got kind of connected with all the other consortium applicants. And to this day, I think, uh, my best friends at Darden are actually a part of that consortium community. And and we're just those Zoom calls in the summer. And we had this thing called OP, which, I mean, it's a big recruiting event for consortium members. Um, and going through all of that, uh, I mean, even before school, was a bonding moment for us. Um, so, I mean, that's I, I couldn't speak more highly of the program. And even during stressful moments like i mean the the core courses at darden which are definitely academically challenging and finals time which i mean if you're like me you hadn't been in the classroom in 10 years um and definitely getting that extra review session from consortium members who had your back in that sense um that was just so beneficial for sure yeah the op the preparation is already <laughs> underway oh my uh, goodness yes <laughs> which you know started it started not so long ago for the incoming students and in the full-time program and for those of you who are listening i think op is orientation program isn't that isn't that yes. the, what the op yes. stands for um there's so many acronyms so many initials to keep up with in business school i'm, I'm just a podcast host out here but trying to do my best but um it's it's great that those connections start prior to matriculation and you're right that that process of, of getting ready uh, for that event and being around uh, for that event it'll be back in person 
this year. Which I is, heard that's so exciting, which is great. Um, and uh, you know, so it was, it was just great to have the consortium liaisons on here, and, and they have so much energy and so much enthusiasm. So, um, thank you for for sharing uh, that part of your experience. Had you had you always thought about pursuing an MBA? Was it something that had always been on your mind? It had. I knew that I wanted to pursue an MBA. It was in the back of my mind, uh, even throughout my undergrad uh, experience. I was a French and history major um, at Notre Dame, so definitely not on the business side. And um, my dad actually got his MBA um, through the consortium, actually, as well, which is uh, pretty interesting. Um, so that, I mean, knowing that it had always kind of been this bucket list item in my life, uh, I knew I always wanted to go back to school. Um, and because I hadn't studied finance, I wanted to get that formal finance education. Uh, it was just a matter of when. And I think that's where I kept on kind of pushing it back. Um, and I think in the professional setting, as you get older, especially, you start to second guess uh, whether or not you should go back to school. I mean, what's the, um, what's the cost benefit analysis of that? Uh, and in my specific case, I just, I really wanted to kind of go back, uh, complete that bucket list item, experience accounting courses, finance courses. I hadn't really analyzed a three-statement model before Darden. So I think that was just a, a wonderful eye-opener for me um, and something that I think I needed to get me to uh, the next level of my career and especially pivot my career, which is what my ultimate goal was uh, in going to Darden. Well, that's a, that's a great segue um, in sort of continuing to talk about your story. I do think you're right that 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 decision when you've been out working for a while to get an MBA, to not get an MBA, how you think about the opportunity cost, the return on investment, what you want to do. You can have a lot of conversations around this. You get a lot of different opinions uh, from people. But at the end of the day, it's got to be about you and your motivations and, and what you want to get out of the experience. Um, sticking with that timing question, was there something that pushed you to say like, I need to do this. I've got it. I've got to do this. Like, can you remember that moment? Was there a moment? Maybe that's not, not necessarily how life works. Um, I'm not sure. I know that I wanted to get it um, at some point. And I have, I, I mean, a, a personal detail about me. I, I tend to just, I love working. I just, I'm that kind of person. I just, I like to work. I also love to vacation. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I like to be a part of a team and hit my goals um, and build that camaraderie with my, um, my coworkers. So I was always kind of distracted by work. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, when I could have been thinking about the NBA a bit more. And I think it wasn't until I was really interested in the venture capital industry that I started to take uh, the NBA a bit more seriously and when I started to, and we can chat more about that later, but basically I um, was talking to some folks who had gotten their MBAs and was doing a bit more due diligence on that experience and the opportunities that it gave at students who pursued that path. And I saw that as a really great opportunity to pivot my career, which is what I, I did want to do. Um, and especially with, I mean, my husband doing it with me, I think it's really fun, honestly. Um, and thought um so i'm i'm 34 right now and i think it's kind of like a now or never uh situation for me at least uh with a full-time mba if not it would have been executive mba uh, and i did want to experience that full-time mba uh, at least for me 
I appreciate you bringing us into your decision making process, and we'll get to your career story too, because I think it's a. Sure. I think it's a, it sounds like it's been an important part of not only your motivation to come to business school, but also your Darden experience. But let's let's go back a little ways. So you decide you want to come to Darden. You're you're on this MBA path. You're a first year student. So you mentioned you were a history and French major, um, and that as noted, as you mentioned, was maybe not you know uh, a background that would have immediately led someone to to think about business school. But you're here. You come. You come, and many students at Darden come from backgrounds that are. Oh gosh, I hate to use this language, but non non traditional. There's really no traditional sure. non traditional uh, binary anymore. But may not have had a lot of the fundamentals previously in accounting or finance, et cetera. So you come, you're a first year student. What's that experience like? Thinking back, it's it's this lovely mix of, I mean, honestly, a bit of chaos and an overwhelming sense of opportunity. Um, you come in with these, I mean with this one goal that you wrote in your admissions essay and you get just kind of thrown into the wild west of the MBA. And at Darden, you have things like core, which um, as I mentioned earlier, take a bit of time. Um, you, you're studying for these intense classes and you have all these social events, which maybe in my year weren't as uh, intense as other years due to the pandemic. Um, but I mean, you're still in this very small community and Darden's a smaller school than others. So you get that chance to have intimate uh, kind of, you know, lunches and dinners and kind of socializing on the weekends. Uh, and then in, in addition to the social and the academics, you also have the career aspirations. So you're also, I mean, if you're in investment banking or consulting, you are thrown into recruiting pretty quickly. Um, and in my case in BC, you're, you're really starting to build your network uh, and starting to call venture capitalists and build those connections and discover what opportunities there are to pursue that path. So it's, it's I mean, it's wild. It's a bit chaotic. Um, you inevitably end up in different uh, recruiting events just to take a peek and see, like, what is this like? I just a triple check that uh, you do or don't want to go that route. Uh, but it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a really rewarding experience. Just with all these opportunities being thrown at you um, that you were, I mean, if you're going to business school, you're, you're clearly craving that. Well, that that adjustment where there's so much going on and perhaps not having enough time in the day to do it all and having to make those uh, decisions around what's most important to me. That's something that we've talked about a bunch here on the podcast. It sounds like it was something that you also experienced as a first year student. Oh, yes. I'm like, I mean, it's a podcast. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm nodding as you say that. Um, uh, I had actually heard, and I don't know if anyone's mentioned this or not, but I'd heard this, this saying when I went to business school that there are three things, academic, social, and career, and choose two because you won't have time for all three. Um, so you definitely don't have time to do it all. You have to balance it. And also with mental health during the pandemic, you have to make sure to take some time on those weekend nights and just um, clear your head. Uh, it's okay to sit on that couch and watch and Richardson if you want to. Uh, but uh, it's definitely, it's, it definitely exercises your time management skills for sure. Yeah, you're, you're right. We have had that sort of the three thing a rule you can do. Oh, you have good. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. People have <laughs> shared that, and it it sounds like it shifts pretty continuously as you navigate uh, the first year and kind of thinking about where you want to devote your time and energy. That kind of prioritization, that kind of trade off. I'm not sure if people had to do a lot of that before business school. I think that's a stretch um, aspect of the experience for many students. Yes, I agree. Um, and for me, just to share, like which which two I picked. Um, I think in the, and it has shifted to your point. Uh, I think in the beginning in my first year, 
I definitely pick, I picked academics and career. Um, I, I mean, it was like, I think it was a bit easier with the pandemic to kind of put social on a bit of a pause, uh, especially with the spikes and, and lulls that um, it had for every location um, globally. But um, to your point, I mean, in second year, your social life, you know, you're starting to think, okay, I have only 40 days left in the MBA. What do I want to really get out of it? What am I going to regret? And I think it's spending time with those, with those new friends, with those new connections and taking advantage of all being in one place for the very last time uh, to go to that restaurant you never went to, or that, um, or in Charlottesville's case, the brewery or the vineyard you, you haven't explored yet. I do hear that a lot from second year students <laughs> when they come on the podcast that at some point, I'm not sure when it happens, but at some <laughs> point you start to feel like, okay, we're going to see each other for reunions and these exactly. kinds of things, but it won't be the same. And so we need to take it full advantage of this time. Plus, I also think like when you can start to feel graduation on the horizon, um, not only do you feel like your time is more limited uh, in terms of being a Darden student, but you also may feel like you have a little bit more more bandwidth for this kind of thing than, than perhaps when you were navigating core as a first Oh my gosh. Student. A thousand percent. Core just consumes you. And once uh, Q4 of your first year rolls around, uh, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air a bit um, when you get to just, um, have more, have a bit more time to your hands uh, when you're not taking such intense classes, for sure. That, that is uh, absolutely true. So, all right. So, I want to talk about your career story a, a little bit more, Adrienne. And I think um, I was so interested to hear, like, you, you came to, to Darden with this idea of making a pivot. You were interested in BC. One of the things that we share with incoming students is the more you can engage with that self-reflection and take advantage of things like CDY, finding CDY prior to the start of school and really ask these questions of yourself about what you want to do, where you want to go, have conversations, informational networking, the better, because there's a lot of opportunity. You can be pulled in a lot of different directions. So that self-reflection allows you to be focused. So um, you came with the idea of a pivot in, in BC. What got you really interested in venture capital? Yes. Um, so similar to how you're describing, I did have quite some time to talk to many people before the MBA um, and be very sure about what I wanted out of an MBA uh, before stepping, on, stepping foot on campus. And that was an advice I had gotten from friends that had completed other MBA programs. Um, to really try to have the most solid idea you can of what you want to recruit for, what you want to uh, kind of accomplish when you leave uh, your MBA program, just because it'll help you navigate that bit of a chaotic time when you first step foot on campus and when opportunities to recruit for many different other industries are being thrown at you. Uh, in my case, um, I had, I mean, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I have 10 years of experience working at tech companies um, both in New York and San Francisco. Um, my, my, the biggest chunk of my time was really at Reddit and TechCrunch. Um, I was really blessed to have experienced um, Reddit when it was still a pretty small company. Um, and I was an early employee at the time there and saw that grow from like 13 people to hundreds of people. Uh, within those six years, it was really a time of growth for, for the company. And um, I was on the sales side. So I got to experience what it was to sell Reddit when ad agencies were very nervous to advertise on Reddit um, and then watch it grow to be almost like a mainstream advertising platform, which is, uh, which is a really fun and, and learning experience uh, for me personally. And so when I left Reddit, um, I really just discovered the world of VC. Um, I think the concept of 
doing things like uh, exercising stock options, for example, kind of open your eyes to, oh my God, you have skin in the game now. That is so cool. Um, can I do this at other companies? And uh, that for me was, oh my God, like the open, for me, the eyes of uh, that venture capital industry. Uh, and so I was very curious about it. Um, and I'd spoken with uh, friends of mine who were in Silicon Valley who were working in this venture capital industry. And I'd ask them, and I, guess I would recommend anyone do this homework um, before the MBA of just whatever career path you want to explore, talk to people who already work in that industry, just to get a sense of what their days are like, what their work life looks like. Um, and that's actually really, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that uh, a lot of the skills that venture capitalists look for uh, and do in their daily, uh, I mean, in, in their day to day, um, I actually had with my prior sales experiences, a lot of sourcing, of analyzing, um, and um, essentially like bringing founders onto your firm, um, but also making sure that you understand the needs of founders um, to make, ensure that the, the firm and the founder are a good fit with each other. So that to me was extremely interesting. Um, and um, again, I had developed many mentors during, this, uh, during these conversations. And one of them had advised me to get my MBA if I was serious about uh, pivoting to venture, just because of my uh, undergraduate background experience, I did not have that formal finance education. And it would be helpful when um, analyzing businesses to get a better holistic picture of how the business is doing uh, when making that investment decision. So that was probably a very long-winded answer uh, to, to your question, but uh, basically it's how I got into venture, um, how I did my homework on what venture capital was before deciding that I really wanted to pursue that path. Uh, and then discovering what I needed to, uh, not maybe not needed, because I've also heard that people don't need an MBA to get into venture capital. But in my case, uh, because I didn't have that finance background, um, what would make me a better venture capitalist if I were to join a firm, um, which which I strongly believed. And so I did I did want to be the best VC I could be. Um, I I all had already wanted to get my MBA and cross off that bucket list item. And for me, I, I'm a, I, I personally believe that more education is a good thing. Um, so, I mean, I mean, absolute worst case scenario, I'm a more educated human being after the M MBA um, and go back to another job if I wanted. But uh, I was pretty sure that I wanted to pursue this, uh, this VC route, which uh, I'm, I'm crossing fingers will uh, get a chance to do after graduation. Well, I don't think that's a long-winded answer at all. And <laughs> I think so much of what you shared is really important for prospective students to hear. Um, that self-reflection, doing your homework. You know, one of the things that I always wonder about, and people who've listened to this podcast know this, I ask this question all the time. I, I, I went to law school. And so I'm constantly meeting MBAs who do things that I really don't know that that much about. And I kind of feel for prospective students who are like looking at business school and they're talking to people and people are talking about industries and jobs and roles and maybe a little afraid to, to ask like, excuse me, like what is venture capital? What do people who work exactly. in BC, BC do? Um, you know, is that, I mean, what would you say to people? Like, is there an easy way for people to learn or like, you know, a way for people to do this kind of research so that if they want to get to that place, like this is even before you start doing that informational sure. networking, like just even figuring out what's possible. Yeah. Sure. I think, well, I think the best way to figure out what a VC does, or I mean, what anyone does is just to ask them. Um, and what I did was I started just reaching out to people um, and asking them if, I mean, 
maybe it was on LinkedIn, I would send them a message and say like, hey, give a couple of minutes to, um, to chat with me. Um, or because I was in Silicon Valley at the time, I did know people who were in the industry. So it was a bit, um, it was a bit easier for me to, to reach out to people. But I think that, um, I mean, on LinkedIn now, it's so easy to just reach out to someone um, and uh, just ask them like what, what they do on the day to day, what they love most about VC um, or, or whatever industry you're pursuing. And I think that it's, if you're going to dedicate the next two years to recruiting and working in this industry, you're, I mean, you're setting yourself up for not just your MBA career, but I mean, ideally you'd have this job for, I mean, several years after graduation. So you want to make sure that um, if you're taking the time to reinvest in yourself in your MBA, you want to do it uh, to get a job industry that you find satisfying. Um, and it's, you know, it's not all about the money. It's also about your, I mean, your values and matching up a, kind of that lifestyle with, with what you, you truly want. And one of my favorite classes at Darden actually was a design your career class. And what it forced me to do and, and the fellow students that were in that class to do was to uh, make sure that we understood what we wanted after the MBA in our careers. And that's uh, work-life balance maybe for some, or um, maybe some really wanted to be challenged for the next couple of years. I think that um, making sure that when you're having these conversations with professionals in the industries that you want to recruit for, that it does match with, with what you want. And you're right about LinkedIn. The other thing is, you know, people, you know, think about your own networks, uh, whether it's personal or, or your college or undergrad, just looking there, um, looking at industries. And I think that does feel like an intimidating interaction. Other people are like, wait, I could just ask them, like, what does the consultant do? Or what is a, you know, program manager, product manager, whatever the role might be, um, do. And you'd be surprised. They were once this person who was trying to figure out this, sure. company, this industry. So people are, are more giving of your time. And I also think like there's a tendency to kind of think of, you know, this kind of networking as maybe transactional and maybe icky, but I would encourage you just to think about it as you're building relationships, right? You're going to, you're going to nurture and maintain these relationships. You're not just going to reach out and have a conversation and then just drop uh, that person. You know, ideally, this person would become part of your your network, maybe more immediately. You would keep them posted as you work through this process. Maybe even you share with them that you're looking at MBA programs. So they have anybody else that they'd recommend you talk to from their network. Like it, it has this kind of accelerant quality uh, to it. Um, if you if you go about it in an intentional way, let's put it that way. Yes, and I will say uh, for those that. Uh, are currently exploring the MBA, a great starting point is also like your undergrad community. Um, they tend to have uh, an alumni network um, that you can tap into and discover like how else you're connected to, to the industry that you're looking at. And uh, I mean, if that fails, it, like, it's a great path, uh, but that's a great place to get started too. Yeah. And you also have students here at Darden uh, that you can reach out there to. There you go. If you want to, yes. you want to yep. pick, pick their brain. Yeah. We have, we have career focused clubs across any number of, of industries and students here are so incredible and so giving of their time too. Uh, sometimes it may take them a little bit longer to get back to you just to let you know, depending on what they have going on, if it's a busy time of school, uh, school year, but nevertheless, uh, again, excited to share their experience and say, Hey, here's what I've learned. Um, just like Adria is doing, doing here. So sure. my I understanding. Quick, yeah, I had a quick plug too. Um, I'm the, I'm the president of the EVC club here at Durden. Uh, it's the entrepreneurship and venture capital club. 
Uh, we actually recently transitioned to a new board, so I think I'm technically the ex-president. Uh, but either way, um, if you're listening and interested in applying at Darden, um, I'm always very happy to chat with you um, if you'd like. My uh, email, uh, I, I'm not sure if you share it after the podcast, but it's Maria a 22 at darden.virginia.edu. So I'm happy to, happy to chat. All right. One of the things that's true about students in their second year is that oftentimes clubs and organizations and extracurricular activities play a larger role uh, in their in their experience than maybe in the first year as they were navigating core. They might have been involved, but not at a leadership level. And so second year uh, students play a really important role in shaping uh, the community here at, at Darden in this kind of leadership way. Um, what's it been like to be president of the EBC club? It's been great. Um, I think the the best part about it is that uh, the people that I worked with, uh, kind of the board of the club, those are all my friends um, who are also recruiting for VC and building companies kind of on that entrepreneurship path. So it was a great excuse to meet weekly with, uh, I mean, my friends at Darden to just explore how we could support the entrepreneurship and venture capital community on campus. We tend to be a tight-knit uh, group of folks uh, that really grinded out throughout these two years just because they're both non-traditional uh, career paths. And um, it's been fun. It's been fun putting together uh, things like uh, VCIC, which is a venture capital competition. Um, it's actually a national venture capital competition, uh, but we host our mini Darden one before we send a group off to, uh, to, that, uh, to that larger competition. We also uh, help promote uh, sessions like VC Bootcamp, which Darden as a whole organizes for the VC community at Darden. And then we also have our, um, our founders on the board organize uh, a, a, our biggest uh, pitch competition on campus called the E-Cup, the Entrepreneurship Cup. And that's an opportunity for entrepreneurs on campus to pitch their businesses to uh, the student body, which is really a blast to see uh, these businesses come to life and, um, and sometimes, or in some cases, see them get funded, which is pretty cool. Are there any other highlights from your second year? Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about your career uh, process a little bit more here, but I wonder, look back on the second year, any, any other things that stand out is like, I'm, I'm really proud of, about this, or this was a huge part of my second year experience. Oh, gosh. Um, I, I mean, it's just really fun the second year to have um, those established friendships uh, kind of going into that academic year. And um, I mean, I'm speaking from a VC lens, but to just continue with the internship you're going for maybe or, or doing kind of those in-semester opportunities. And I think just recruiting is right now what I'm personally focused on. Um, so it's it's both, I mean, it's fun and a bit grueling, but it's, it's this exciting time where you get to put everything you've learned uh, throughout your MBA to, to the test and kind of make that jump uh, to that full-time job, which is, I mean, I think it's pretty fun. So that's, that's, what, that's what comes out to mind uh, or comes to mind right now. Well, I can believe that. I mean, so much of what you shared here um, in your career story, you came to business school with an idea that you, you wanted to do this and you had done all this informational networking and you've been engaged with the entrepreneurship and venture capital community here at Darden. So much of your work has been pointing and directing uh, to this, this process that you're engaged with. My understanding of VC recruitment, um, Adrian, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, but uh, you, you got to hustle. You got to get out there. You got to meet people. You got to <laughs> yes. build relationships. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what that looks like from a student standpoint, because I think it's really important for our listeners who might be interested in venture capital to, to hear about this. 
Yes, absolutely. And I mean, to your point, a thousand percent. Um, I, I mean, both at Darden and at whatever MBA program uh, you explore, uh, VC is a non-traditional career path. Um, it's not like, for example, like iBanking or consulting where a certain amount of companies come to campus um, and they just recruit and end up employing hundreds of MBAs. MBAs are fighting for like five jobs. Uh, I mean, that's an exaggeration, but it's a limited amount of jobs um, for, uh, for venture capital. So um, I think part of the natural process of recruiting venture capital is you're proving your, your hustle, your go-getterness by proactively reaching out to these VCs um, and trying to um, get as much experience as you can so that when that full-time recruiting opportunity comes um, at the end of your second year, you can uh, basically demonstrate uh, how interested you are in the industry um, by pointing to that uh, those internships and that hustle that you have worked those two years um, to, to do. So I think that in my case, I had gotten um, the advice before my, or actually at the very beginning of my MBA to basically like fill your resume. I mean, you have two years, like build your network as much as you can in these two years um, by meeting with as many VCs as you can. And again, a lot of that's LinkedIn, a lot of those are conferences that you'll get the opportunity to join throughout your MBA and these opportunities kind of are thrown at your door. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's, if you're looking for it, it's pretty easy to get involved um, in whatever MBA program is, is being hosted. Um, and when you attend things like conferences, like that VC bootcamp, for example, speakers come to those conferences. So sending a thank you note to those speakers and then using that as a way to build a relationship with them and just pick their brain on what they do on a day to day, how their fund works, how they got into VC. Like those are great questions to ask that person uh, and that person, I mean, if they're speaking at a conference, um, they, I mean, m- more often than not, they're looking to help out students kind of in their, um, in their path to, to their next step in life. So for me, it was, um, I took that advice to heart to really work hard, build my network and uh, really build my resume as well during my two years. So in my case, um, one of my goals coming into Darden was getting a flavor of every single stage of VC uh, by graduation so that by graduation, I would really get a good sense of what I wanted to do. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was in tech sales, uh, I was in ad sales at tech companies. So I had that experience, but I hadn't really experienced VC. So um, looking back at my two years, I focused first on angel investing and uh, the earlier stage, like pre-seed, seed stage investing um, at Cav Angels and Anorak Ventures. And that was in the fall and winter and spring of my of my first year. So, I mean, it was definitely not easy navigating core in addition to these internships, but I will say uh, those really helped me get a feel for VC and helped me gain the skills that I applied to my summer internship at Glenn Capital. And um, John Glenn, actually, the, the founder of Glenn Capital, he's a teacher and professor at Darden, which is a fun, a fun connection. Um, so that was my, my first year really of, of VC experience, kind of those those internships and that and that work experience, and then my second year, I actually interned at Bessemer Venture Partners for the first semester. Which, looking back at your earlier question of like highlight of my second year, I will say that was a, a huge highlight. Um, that was probably the largest firm that I've interned for, and it was wonderful to see and meet um, that that community um, in that firm. Um, I will also say that um, throughout my MBA, I've also been working at Dorm Room Fund. Um, which is a student-run venture fund uh, that spun off of First Round Capital. And First Round Capital, if, you, if you're not already familiar, is an, a 
institutional early stage uh, VC firm. So um, these are all, I mean, I would say that these are all programs that you apply for, you interview for, and you get in. Um, dorm room fund, actually, it's interesting. Uh, traditionally, it was in person, um, and you, people would meet in person. I'm a part of the Philly team. But with COVID, uh, a lot of the opportunities to join virtually uh, came about, which I would say for students who are who were studying, um, like me, and, and their MBA programs, these opportunities to join virtual teams virtually was a really exciting thing. I was the first UVA student to be accepted to dorm room fund, um, which was a, a big deal for me. And so it was really fun being able to get all these opportunities thrown at you as an MBA uh, when you really want to pivot into this career and gain all this hands-on experience to be able to reflect on when you are now applying for a full-time uh, a full-time role in venture. So it's um, I'm very proud to share that I now have experience at angel investing, uh, seed stage investing, early and uh, in Glen Capital growth stage to now kind of when applying to full-time jobs, be able to uh, communicate and and reflect and see, okay, well, I actually like this. I like this part about um, this internship, maybe not as much this other part about that internship um, to to apply to that that full-time role. Well, it's interesting to think back on something that you shared previously, uh, that you are someone who just likes to work. Uh, because when I think about what you just shared, and I think about you know the Darden students that I know and that I interview here on the podcast, you have worked very hard over your past <laughs> two years. If you have had like school, and by the way, all these uh, internships running sort of in parallel during the school year, obviously busy during the summer. I appreciate so much the intentionality of your story, Adri, of like, you came, oh, you. <laughs> you were focused here, and you kind of really sought out opportunities that would allow you to grow in this way. I mean, that I think it's so. I think one, it's really important for students to hear. Like, if you want to do this, you gotta you gotta be willing to put in the legwork. And and um, you know, I do think this is an industry that consistently asks students, like, how interested are you in this? Uh, oh, you have to sure. de- you have to demonstrate that. Um, but it's great to hear your story and just. I have so much respect for what you just shared. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, and it, I mean, I definitely want to underscore that um, it was a lot of work. Um, I will say it, it, it's been extremely helpful uh, when getting that next opportunity to be able to point to that work and say, I'm not just saying I'm interested in VC. I've demonstrated that I am for X and Y, for, and I point to those internships. Um, so I think it's for anyone considering it, I, I would recommend considering in-semester internships as a way to demonstrate that, uh, to give you that competitive edge when applying for that full-time role and just be able to have experience doing the work, which I think can tell you, like, do I like doing that work? And that way, if you don't like doing that work, you can quickly pivot to other careers. I mean, without the MBA, I, mean, uh, I know the technology industry, uh, they recruit pretty late. So if you don't like something, you can recruit that route. Um, but in my case, I mean, I really liked the work I was doing um, in venture. I think one of the most fun parts about it is you get to learn about different industries uh, as part of the job uh, through the du- through the due diligence process. Uh, so it's, I mean, yes, definitely a lot of work. Um, uh, for example, at Dorm Room Fund, we meet from 8 to 10 p.m. on Mondays. That's our weekly meeting time. But I think they're really fun meetings because we're having, we're discovering new companies, they're pitching, uh, we get to do our diligence on them, essentially fund them, which that's a, pretty fun and incredible thing to do. Um, I will share, uh, throughout my time at Dorm Room Fund, we did fund two UVA companies, uh, QuantBase and Reyna, uh, which uh, was a, a really fun experience for it to come full circle. 
Um, and I'm very excited for the next wave of uh, UVA companies to get funded by it. Well, we've had Raina on the podcast. That we yes, talked about. Megan, we talked she's about. awesome. Unbelievable. Um, so incredible um, to hear yep. her story and just kind of see what's happened with, with her venture. And um, one of my real uh, interests here on the podcast is spotlighting student ventures and giving people who have that passion and energy a chance to share more about their story. I think it's really good for prospective students to hear. There's a lot of support here. And we just recorded an, an interview not so long ago with a couple student founders and Damon DeVito, who is oh, uh, one, of, great. He's awesome. one of these people who gets mentioned all the time oh, yes. as, oh, as yes. we um, as we talk as we talk with student founders and they're like, I'd like to begin by saying thank you to Damon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great. And even on the VC side, he's been so supportive. Um, and I, that I will say it's been it's been really wonderful. Um, we're a tight knit community at Darden and we're definitely very supportive of each other. Um, even in the recruiting path, I have this text thread with all of the people recruiting for VC and we're constantly texting each other, uh, just guidance, advice, support. Um, it's, it's a, it's a really fun community. Well, a last question for you. Uh, you shared so much, so much good information here and I, I appreciate your candor and kind of bringing us into your process and all that you've learned as you navigated, uh, your, your career process over these past uh, few years. Um, but what advice would you have for our prospective student listeners who are um, maybe contemplating an MBA or thinking about coming to Darden or planning to come to Darden uh, this August? What would you share with them? Oh, my goodness. Um, let's see. Uh, overall MBA advice is to do as much reflection as you can before the MBA, uh, just to make sure that you're getting the most out of that experience. There are two magical years you have to pull the student card um, and just be in absolute learning mode. And I will say that the more focused you are, uh, the more intentional you can be about the, the in-semester opportunities you take. Um, so I think that's, that's one advice I would give to just general MBA. Um, I think for people uh, thinking about Darden, um, definitely visit Darden. I think that, I mean, what you want out of school um, is plays a huge factor into Darden. For example, like I wanted to learn about finance. Like I did not have finance education. I knew core was intense, um, but that was okay with me because I actually really wanted to dive back into academics and learn. So that was something that I liked. And also the life of Charlottesville is, is really nice. Um, I had lived in big cities like New York and San Francisco. I'd never lived in the South. Uh, this was a nice time for me to uh, explore it, uh, build that community and, and discover what it, was, what it was all about in addition to getting a great education at a top university. Um, and then if you've already decided you want to come to Darden, I would say also visit so you can get that list of restaurants and vineyards and breweries, um, especially as the springtime rolls around. There's some fun stuff going on. And um, I will say my favorite, I'll do a plug of my favorite restaurant and vineyard. Vineyard is Pippin Hill. Definitely go there. And the restaurant is Little Star. I just love, love, love that restaurant. It's fantastic. Well, Adri, uh, we are, you know, hopeful that we're going to start opening things up for, for class visitors. We're starting to have those conversations now. I will say we're recording this in early April. So if you're listening to this and we're further along, understand that's a, that's the reason why but we're planning for an in-person Darden Days, which is great. Uh, awesome. We're so excited. We've been doing tours. Um, but to your point, uh, one of the things that's always been fascinating to me as someone who's had the opportunity to go on the road uh, to big cities and meet prospective students there, people... You know, if you're sitting in New York or you're sitting in San Francisco or some of these large cities where oftentimes many of our prospective students are, 
Charlottesville is kind of an unknown uh, to you. It, it maybe feels like a, a small town. And oh, you know, what, would sure. be, what would that be like? And man, when you come to visit, I, I think it's pretty it, pretty quickly, people are like, ah, I think this would be a decent place to spend two years and you can have a high quality of life. And school fun- has a very different function, I think, in a place like Charlottesville than it does in a really big city where it might just be like where you go to class and then everything else in your life plays out independent of school. It allows people to have much deeper experience. Um, oh, my gosh. Yes. Like Charlottesville. And the farmers markets are awesome, too. We're big farmers market people. Um, so the, the pace of life was something that we we love. And after experiencing the rents in New York and San Francisco, this was a great change. Um, uh, and also like where I live personally, like it's five minutes from campus. It's a nice walk. And um, to your point, it's an, it's a nice place to live for, for a couple of years for sure. Wadri, good luck with your recruiting process. Uh, Thank you. So appreciative <laughs> of your, of your time here. I know it's a busy time. Um, you know, congratulations on all that, all that you've accomplished over these past two years. Uh, good luck closing out your final quarter here at the Darden. School. Oh my goodness. Thank you. And uh, thank you again. Of course. And that was my interview with Adriana Godalo Maria, a second year student in our full-time MBA class for 2022. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden. That's D-A-R. D-E-N at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.